Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike some other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that all of our listeners know everything there is to know about position players pitching and drinking beer out of the Stanley Cup. I'm Rachel, <laughs> your baseball guru, and this is... I'm Rebecca. I'm your uh, hockey fan once again, not filled with despair. Hooray! <laughs> and preparing to drink beer out of the Stanley Cup, no? <laughs> Let's hope. And I'm Nancy. Let the record show your... she crossed her fingers. She did. Both of them. Thank well, you. All four of them. <laughs> both hands. <laughs> I'm Nancy. I'm your basketball enthusiast. All right. Ooh, oh, Rebecca is oh. now crossing eight fingers. Four crossed pairs of fingers per hand. That's impressive. Well done. Now, when I was a kid, one would cancel the... each other out. So you always <gasps> had to have an odd number of crosses. Ooh. Oh, I never Ooh. heard that. All right. No? <laughs> Oh, we okay. The, now we, we got the thumbs up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that is impressive. All right. Joe, you well, can edit gonna... all of this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're two and a half minutes in and we're already editing. Uh-huh. This is a new record. I feel good about this episode, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't the worst uh, lead in into what I'm going to be talking about today. Oh, good oh, boy. I want to start us off with a tale from the Negro Leagues. Uh, today I'm going to tell you the complicated story of the Indianapolis Clowns. Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay, so we've already talked about the first Negro League team, so today we're going to talk about the last, or mm-hmm. rather, the last surviving all-black baseball team that competed with the Negro Leagues. The Indianapolis Clowns played their final game in 1989, even though wow. the leagues themselves declined, declined throughout the 50s and folded in the early 60s. So the team started life in the early 1930s as the Miami, you guessed it, Giants. Damn it! (laughs) And as a note on that, I I did find out in researching this that the reason so many black baseball teams were named the Giants early on was because around the turn of the century, this was kind of a shorthand to save advertising money. Um, According to a Negro League historian named Larry Lester, if a team was called the Giants, the public would know that it was composed of black players. Oh. Which was actually not true for the... um, the San Francisco Giants, who were the Bro- Brooklyn Giants? Yeah, I was going to sure. say, because there were there were white teams that were called the Giants, too. Like, more yeah. than one of them, right? So Yeah, I thought so. So I'm not sure, but that, that I did find a footnote on that. Probably it, maybe it's just... Research. But maybe it's just the timing of those things. Yeah. No, that could be. It could be. Okay. So back to 1930s. In 1936, they became the Miami Ethiopian Clowns. If that name didn't already make you cringe a bit, consider We're that they played. making faces here. <laughs> yeah. It does. Consider that they played another all-black team called the Zulu Cannibal Giants. No! What year What's... was this? 1930. No, no yeah. year makes it okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's worse? The Zulu Giants would at times wear grass skirts and war paint and dance around in bare feet. Oh, no. Yeah. These antics were, of course, about marketing to white audiences. Naturally. And it should be noted that plenty of people in the black baseball community at the time shaded them for playing into stereotypes of minstrelsy. Of course they did. At least. Yeah. (laughs) Similar things were said of the way the Ethiopian clowns, uh, under the ownership of a white promoter named Sid Pollock, mixed comedy with baseball. Players would sometimes wear grease paint and full clown costumes onto the field. No. The antics changed over the years, but the highlights are actually kind of delightful. 
First baseman Richard King Tut King wore a glove three <laughs> times the size of a normal one. <laughs> Pitcher Ed right. Hammond would wait, sometimes wait, wait, throw. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Would that yes. be a handicap or an advantage? Uh, a handicap. It depends on your arm strength. Uh, yeah. Okay. If you see, right. yeah, if you see the thing, it's like trying to catch a ball with a giant, like a pizza. Like imagine putting a pizza on your hand. Okay. But I mean, a small satellite But if it's got dish. the right, if yes. it's got the right curve, then you're covering more area. Right. I mean, that was my theory. But why? But, I I but also, you got to grip the ball so it doesn't bounce out. Oh, that's a good point. That's Perfect. what the pepperoni is for. <laughs> oh no, we're talking about glove, not a pizza. Sorry. <laughs> it is kind of dinner time. You're not wrong. All right, I'm sorry, Rachel. Carry on. No, that's that's okay. Uh, Pitcher Ed Hammond. Would sometimes throw fastballs from between his legs. Okay, How? that's a skill. And I were they actually like fast? Under the like turn around, go throw between the legs, kind of a thing. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. I couldn't find a lot of details on this stuff, so I had to to fill in the blanks with my imagination, and I encourage I like you it. to do the same thing. I like mm, it. Working on it. Uh, and then there was Reese Goose Tatum, who also famously played with the Harlem Globetrotters. Who would play second base while sitting in a rocking chair? That's hysterical. I love that. Yes. Uh, the team might have been best known for playing shadow ball, in which they simulated the motions of pitching, batting, and fielding, all without using an actual ball. Whoa. So crowds loved it, and black sports writers hated it. Many yeah. black newspapers in the 1940s refused to cover the clowns at all. And while that's certainly understandable for an oppressed community trying to be taken seriously, it also ignored the fact that many of the clowns who moved to Cincinnati in 1943 and then to Indianapolis in 1946 were actually stellar players. Uh, many went on to play in the integrated major leagues, including uh, a Henry Louis Aaron, who you might better know as Hank. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And while the Negro Leagues were slowly dying in the early 1950s, the Indianapolis clowns were pulling in crowds that rivaled major league games. Hmm. Uh, they were actually the first pro baseball team to hire women. Um, wow. Second baseman, Tony Stone in 1953, um, and pitcher Mamie Peanut Johnson, and second baseman Connie Morgan in 1954. All three women went on to play with the official Negro League teams, and I'll probably do segments on all three of them in the future. Yeah, That's I awesome. recognize Mamie Peanut Johnson's name from something, I'm not sure what, but I definitely yeah. have heard of her. And again, this is a double-edged sword of progress. Yes, these women played well, both with the clowns and their future teams, but they were hired as a humorous novelty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Sid Pollock mm. sold his stake in the team in 1965, and the Clowns reverse integrated in 1968. <laughs> uh, although they kept playing barnstorming matches against local teams for decades, by the 1980s, all of the players were actually white. <laughs> so, in the end, what are we to make of this team? <laughs> Clearly, the history of black professional entertainment in America in general is complicated. And to this day, pro sports players are both athletes and entertainers. But to sum up, I'm going to borrow the words of journalism professor, professor Brian Carroll, who wrote an excellent and well-sourced article that I'll link to in the blog for the Society of American Baseball Research. He said, in important ways, the clown's history is black baseball's history, a product of segregation, a mostly black institution, often explo exploited by astute white businessmen an expression and celebration of black culture and identity, but also a vehicle for stereotype misunderstanding and at times degradation. Through it all, the clowns proved innovative, resourceful, and resilient, much like the sport that so desperately needed them. Hmm. That's a good one. So I'm, mm. 
curious, and, and I don't yes. know if you have an answer for this, but given that they continued to exist until 1989, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming that they were not ever incorporated as like an official minor league team or like a double A team or whatever. Correct. What, who were they playing? What were they just like exhibition games? Like what were they doing? Yeah, they were exhibition type games. Um, it's it's interesting. I couldn't really find much in the more recent decades of what the the team was like in like the sixties through the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know because it's. I mean, the closest thing to compare them to would be the Harlem Globetrotters, right? right. But I don't think mm-hmm. they have their version of the Washington Generals that tours around with them, mm-hmm. and you know exists to to lose <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, right. So, you know, I don't know if they were playing local teams, minor league teams, um, stuff like that, because they weren't, yeah, college teams. They weren't part hmm. of an actual league at that time. Right. right, that's what I was assuming. Yeah. Mm. Huh. Well, you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> something, that you, something that you said in there reminded me of a, uh, a brief tweet thread that I, I read the other day. So um, it's in the same vein, but I'm, I'm kind of turning a little left here. Um, the, the Big Ten is one of the collegiate um, leagues that decided at the beginning of the fall semester mm-hmm. to put off the season, especially football. They were at least going to put it, postpone it until the spring. And then last week, they announced that they are reversing their decision and they're going to start having fall football. And um, Mm. Hakeem Jefferson, who is a um, political science professor at Stanford, had a tweet, had a a series of tweets that that basically points out that by having um, football in particular, collegiate football in particular right now is once again putting the lives of black athletes at risk. Mm hmm for the entertainment and monetary benefit of white donors. Yep. Yep. And it's, it was just, just the way that he phrased it was just, I mean, it it hit me. I, as a, as an employee of a big 10 school, I'm, Mm. I'm very disappointed in how we've handled things. And I think this is just another example of putting already at risk individuals at more risk for money and entertainment. I mean, yeah. we're, it's essentially saying that the money is worth more than these people's lives. No, we're literally saying that. Yeah. That's, oh, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, it's not essentially. It's literally <laughs> no, saying it's that. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And college so, players it, aren't even getting paid for it. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is one of the crucial differences, I think. Because, I mean, this. I remember this conversation happening when the NBA was talking about reopening was there were NBA players saying, you know, why should I put my literal life on the line so that you all can make money? Um, And the answer for the NBA is because you are also making money. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily a good answer, but at least it is an answer. But it's not an answer for college players. They are not making money. They are going to school. And that's, that's it. I mean, I guess you could in some weird way argue that if they're getting a scholarship, then they're 
indirectly making money from playing sports, but it's Except not the same. And how and how many people are going to no, say and like, it's not actually a profit? It's not yeah. a profit. And and how many people are going to say like if if you come to somebody and you're like, okay, I'm going to give you a scholarship, but in order for you to accept this scholarship, you have to like accept it like a two percent chance of dying. Like, no, thank you. I will take out a loan. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, and the the thing that that one one piece that bothers me so much about the this conversation mm-hmm. about collegiate athletics is I get that it's putting some students um, eligibility for for mm-hmm. major leagues at risk, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? If the major leagues and the collegiate leagues had a conversation and said, hey, in this year, because there's a fucking global pandemic, we're going to hold everybody harmless and not affect anybody's eligibility, it that wouldn't would be a problem. Communication and forethought, Rebecca. And yeah. you know how and it good would sports are at those. It would. <laughs> I know. It would. And, and you know, the another problem I have with this is that essentially we're saying that well, it's not even essentially. It's again, we're we are proving once again that education is underfunded because so many schools are going to football to fund the operations right. of the That's universities, its own whole which is another problem yeah. entirely. And welcome to the socialist <laughs> part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've been there for for a few minutes. We had that, anyway. we had our stride with that one early today. We are yeah, just we on got top under of fifteen things. minutes. We did. We done. did. Well, we're, well, we're on, a, we're on a schedule tonight, so we gotta, we gotta pack That's it all true. in. And uh, right. before I move on, I do want to say some, um, I don't know about the Big Ten schools, but some schools are opening uh, their uh, stadiums to fans. They're going to have people in the stands. Gotta fill that coliseum up. Such a bad idea. Anyway. I just, I have no words for this. Yeah. I just, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. That's, that's, all right. Cool. Anyway. We're going to be Moving dealing back with to this the for of- another 30 years. <laughs> no, yep. it's really true, right? Like, I, I have, so th- this is the thing that I have really been realizing in the last, I mean, I knew it, but like, I'm, I'm knowing it now that like, we're going to be doing this for like the next four or five years minimum, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, that's just mm-hmm. where we are. Yeah. Like, yeah. In case this episode ever becomes a time capsule. It is September of 2020. <laughs> we started talking mm-hmm. about COVID-19 pandemic in the U.S. in March of 2020. And there is six no, months ago. Yes, yeah, six months ago. There is no end in sight. But you wouldn't be able to tell that by looking at uh, our local, state, federal governments, schools. I mean, you'd be able to tell because people are wearing masks. But we've just accepted that. Some of them. Well, you're right. Fair. Uh but we've just seemed to accept that, yeah, people are going to get sick and die, but we got to restart that economy. Okay, we should move back mm-hmm. to sports before I lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's see. Nancy, why don't you tell us about basketball? What's going on there? Yeah, so uh, basketball, both the men's and the women's leagues are in the playoffs now. We are coming mm-hmm. to the end of the quote-unquote season such as it has been. Uh, the bubbles have been far more effective overall than many of us, including myself, thought, which I think is is greatly to the credit um, of the people in them, uh, because it does mean that folks seem to be taking this seriously and behaving responsibly, which I think is terrific. Um, 
So let's uh, let's talk about the WNBA. Uh, they are in the semifinals, and we have the Minnesota Lynx playing the Seattle Storm, and then we also have the Connecticut Sun playing the Las Vegas Aces. The Lynx versus the Storm series has not started yet. That's going to be a best of five. Um, and then the Sun versus the Aces has started. Uh, the Sun won the first game, but they've only played one game. So the Aces are the number one seed currently, the Las Vegas Aces. Um, and Connecticut is the seventh seed. So that's kind of fun hmm. uh, that they're playing each other and that the seventh seed took the first game. Yeah, uh, that could be that could be wow. a good time. Um, and then the Storm is currently ranked second. And the Lynx are ranked fifth. So that's a little less exciting. Second, number two versus number five. But it's still cool. Um, mm-hmm. I continue to be a Storm fan. Go Storm. Uh, and I think uh, the Storm and the Aces are pretty close in the ranking. It wasn't like a big difference. So, excuse me. So we will see how that all shakes out. Um, best of five series for both of uh those two pairs and then we'll do another best of five for the final um, once that's over the thing that's really interesting that i don't think i've mentioned on here before is that the playoffs for the women's basketball and men's basketball are structured a bit differently so men's is best of seven women's is best of five but also the women's uh first two rounds are single elimination oh which is wild Yeah. yeah Wow. Yeah. So it's it's sudden death. Um and I want to say I can't remember which team it was. One of the teams that moved on maybe it was the Mercury, I don't remember. One of the teams that moved on had a uh, rookie player that they had gotten in a trade from the from another team and then they played that team in the first round single elimination, and that rookie player got the game-winning bucket oh! against the team that traded her away. <laughs> yeah, so nice little revenge story there. Um, that's that's beautiful. And sorry, Rebecca, I think the team she was traded from was the Mystics, so... <laughs> it happens. Um, but I don't remember which, game, which team she's playing for now. It was not... Neither of them were teams I follow, so... But... I thought that was pretty great. Um, but it's another it's another one of those things where, like, you know, we talk about the inequality between the men's and the women's games is, you know, the, the women play fewer games. They have a shorter season. They play fewer playoff games, which is less time for people to watch, fewer games to get people engaged, less hype, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It, frankly, sucks, and I don't love it. So yeah. I know that... Part of the reason that the women's season tends to be shorter is so that it's not directly competing with the men's season and also so that the women can all go to Europe and Australia during the rest of the year and play and get more money, which is cool. I'm glad they're considerate of that. But also, like, if we just paid them more in the first place, then that wouldn't (laughs) be a consideration and we could have more basketball in the U.S. So, like, it's I feel like the theme of this, uh, maybe the title of this episode is it's a reason, but it's not a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's a reason. There are reasons that we do that, but I don't think they're good reasons for that. Um, but in any case, the WNBA semifinals are about to start. We should all watch them go storm, and then hopefully the storm take it in the end. 
The men's NBA is currently also in semifinals. Uh, Rachel, you will be happy to know uh, that Miami continues to be up. Uh, All right. Miami Heat are making a run, which is kind of wild. Um, they're not, I mean, they're not usually a bad team, but they don't usually go that far. At least they haven't in recent years. Yeah. Um, so Miami is the fifth ranked team and they are currently playing the Celtics who are the third ranked team and they are up two to one. So, you know, still quite a bit, quite a few games left to be played there, but, but they're doing well. Cause it's um, not single elimination. Also they, it is not single elimination. <laughs> in fact, uh, and the Lakers, who are the first-ranked team, are busy playing the Nuggets, who are the third-ranked team, and the Lakers are up 2-0, to but I guess, I think it was last night's game, uh, the Lakers only just barely beat the Nuggets, so it could still be a series. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm rooting for the Nuggets, because fuck LA. Um, general <laughs> pod position here. Um but one of the interesting things was the the previous round of the uh, playoffs for for the men's teams. The Nuggets did away with the Clippers, who were the second seed in the West. They were supposed to be real good. And they also have a superstar, Kawhi Leonard, who was on the previous year's uh, champion team and then left the previous year's champion team to go to L.A. and be on the Clippers and, and do his thing. Uh, and then got beat, which makes me happy because I don't love it. Players do that. I have feelings about this. Um, That's shocking. I know, I know. And uh, likewise, the Celtic or the Heat beat the Bucks four to one. Uh, and the Bucks have a Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo, who is supposed to be a real hotshot player. But he seems to choke in the playoffs, and the Bucks got their butts handed to them. Yikes! Uh, which I was also kind of a fan of because it, it's another one of those. And I ranted about this last time too. But like, <laughs> people want to make such a big fucking deal out of the stars, and like, stars mm-hmm. are helpful, like no question. Yeah. Like, yes, they they make a difference on your team. But if you put together a real good team that plays really well together, you can go a long way without a star. And I really get annoyed by how much the NBA commentators in particular, like the people who write about the NBA, can get caught up in like, yeah, but you got to get this one particular dude. And it's like, yeah, but you don't, though. Um, Case in point, the Raptors, who uh, were Kawhi Leonard's previous team, the ones who won the championship in 2019, um, 17 years ago I, last year. Yeah, I, I was about to say this feels like the dates are wrong. But, <laughs> but I think that's correct. The Raptors who won with Kawhi Leonard uh, were a scrappy little team. And they went ahead and just about beat the Celtics this year without Kawhi Leonard and without any big name stars. Uh, they pushed the Celtics to seven games. Uh, so good for them. Uh, I feel good about that. But yeah, now we're down to Lakers versus Nuggets and Miami versus Celtics. I would really love to see Miami versus Nuggets, uh, Miami versus Denver, um, because, I don't know, when my team is not in it, I like rooting for the underdog, I guess. So <laughs> That's fair. So screw the Celtics, screw the Lakers. Let's, uh, let's have Denver. I want Denver to win. Yeah, I think we also have a, a fuck Boston policy in Effect. Yeah, we do also have a oh, fuck yes, Boston. So. Yeah, fuck Boston, fuck LA. Those are our two pod positions on, on 
city related sports generally. <laughs> um, that said, if and, I re- and if also I am fuck Pittsburgh, sure. Sure, we can go with that. Thank I, you. That's yeah. important to me. I have no strong feelings. We can adopt that for your, <laughs> for your sake. Um, I believe, if I am correct, and I, I should double check this, but but why would I double check it when I could just say it and, you know, pull shit out of my ass? Do it. Uh, I, I believe that Andre Iguodala, who is one of my favorite former Warriors players, is on the Miami Heat. So I'd also be real happy if he managed to get another championship after he got traded away from the Warriors and the Warriors then imploded, like, that'd be cool. So. You are also correct. He does play for the Heat. So that's basketball. I'm always down for a Florida team. Desi, did you look it up for me? <laughs> mm-hmm. You're the best, Rebecca. All right. So so it needs to be Miami-Denver. And between the two of them, I'm slightly rooting for Miami because I want Andrea Iguodala to get another ring. Okay. Sounds good for me. Yay. I love a Florida team. I know. I know. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> Are there exceptions to that? Or is it just sort of like a you like some better uh, than others? I mean, you better not be rooting for a Florida team in the Stanley Cup right now. I mean, pro teams. <laughs> I mean, lightly. <laughs> we'll get to you in just a minute. <laughs> we can't let uh, Rebecca go off on the Stanley Cup just yet until the rest of us have finished. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll give you a quick rundown on baseball, yeah. and then Rebecca can go nuts. Okay. <laughs> so we're in the to the last week of the regular season of Weird Baseball. We're about to play the postseason of Weird Baseball, um, which is accordingly weird. Um, we can get into this a little bit more later, but instead of having four teams from each league, the American League and the National League, mm-hmm. Uh, they are instead picking a full eight teams from each league to have instead of one wild card game between just two teams on each league, they're having a full round of wild card games involving everybody. Why? So, uh, you know, I I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to expand the postseason because... so much just because the regular season is shortened. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, which you would think. It, just have another, you know, week or two of regular season games. But I don't know. I'm not in charge, as we have already established. <laughs> um, but it's it's good news for my teams. Um, the A's are on top of the AL West, and they uh, have not quite – they're definitely going to be in the postseason. They have not quite numerically clinched the, um, the top of the AL West yet. Um, they have one more game to win. Um, How many more do games so? do they have to play? I like – Okay. There's a double header in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so it's the the A's and the Astros in the AL West and um they're th- so it's they're taking the top 2 teams from each uh division in each league and then also the two who have the highest uh record that are not top 2. If that makes any sense. No, but to get the eight teams from each league. Okay. Okay. So they got six divisions over two leagues, right? So the top two teams in each division in each league go to the postseason. Oh, and then then the next. The two other teams. Yeah. Yeah. That are. Yes. So that means. This is like the world's. If you didn't think we were already. Yeah. If we were not already heading to the apocalypse, uh, in the National League East, uh, 
the Marlins look to be headed to the postseason. (laughs) Which, on the one hand, I am so happy for them. Uh On the other hand, it does seem to be a harbinger of doom. So... Is this the original Marlins, or are we still playing with our our replacement team after the plague? Well, I think I think a lot of them have filtered back on okay. at this point. Um, so we're mostly back to the OG Marlins. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, I don't follow them quite as closely anymore, but yeah, they're they're going to be in one of those two seven and eight slots. Uh, it looks like. I mean, you know, it's the Marlins. It's the last week. They could always now, just take a nosedive. <laughs> and I think they do have a, a pretty hard schedule. Now, now how much up. did they yeah. lose by a day or two ago? Because it was a lot. <laughs> uh, they lost I'm to not, the Nationals. I'm not actually asking that to be. <laughs> it was. Uh, and to the Nationals, Yeah, I'm not too, actually or... asking that to be a smartass. Really? You're not? No, I'm really you're not. not. To rub it in but my face? Like, if you're talking <laughs> about no? a team that's about to be in the playoffs but might tank, but also just lost by 12 points... In a sport that I don't think usually scores that high, that that seems scary. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on a second, because a it was fifteen points. Oh, b um, those kind of weird lopsided victories happen, and not no, just no, no, against the Marlins. By yeah. the way, yeah, just sometimes. Sometimes that happens. I mean, if you look at that the same day, uh, the Marlins lost, the uh, the A's lost 11-2 mm-hmm. to two against the Giants, mm-hmm. who have not mm-hmm. put up a great show against the, against the A's this season. No, they haven't. Sometimes those blowouts yes. happen. There was like a, well. Yeah, yeah. they just do. In they any sport, do. they do. Um, <laughs> and it's weird enough that it was the Nationals who, I haven't been following the National League so much, but. That something happened with the Nationals this season where they suck a huge amount after winning last year. They got it everything. all out of their system. They didn't, they didn't win I last year. So. They won the year before. Um, I know they traded away a couple of players, but... No, oh. didn't they win last year? But they won in 2018. I'm sure they won last I year. I know 2019 seems like it's uh, many, many thousands of years no, ago, Astros, but I'm pretty sure it was just last year. Or the Dodgers. No, the Astros won in 2017. No, the Dodgers lost. Dear Internet. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. It was the Nationals. The, the Red Sox won in 2018. Why do I know this? Yes, that's right. <laughs> it was the Nationals. Um, I, this is the, a sports podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yes, not a fact podcast. <laughs> that's an important distinction right there, Rebecca. Oh, Thank you for letting yeah. that. We eventually get to the truth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, more of it than so, a lot again, of places. So, again... 17 years ago last year, the Nationals were so good, they won mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. And, you know, blowout victories happen all the time with the, the lesser true. team beating the greater team. Yeah. it's I don't know if it's a, a matter of, uh, you know, momentum. Because you can definitely tell when you're watching a game who has it and who doesn't, you know. And sometimes if the team can't get the momentum back, they just... Lose 15 to 0. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. Yeah. That's Not fair. the Marlins' worst oh, loss this season either. I believe that was a 29 <laughs> to 10 game Whoa. against the uh, Blue Jays? Yeah. Yeah, because that was the day before the NFL started playing and everybody was like, uh, guys, football doesn't start till tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> We're not supposed to have a 29 oh. to 10 score. Uh. Um, 
Yeah. They were warming it up for him. Yeah. I, to be a Marlins fan is to embrace a certain amount of absurdity in life, <laughs> I think. Okay. I will say that the at Marlins Twitter account does an excellent job of that. Well, that's good. Yes. So, okay, Rachel, well, I saw... So we'll see where we yeah. are in a week for baseball. Yes. So I saw something from that game that was the... Um, oh, right. The, yeah, the... It, it was the tweet about a position player pitching. So can you tell me what that is? What happened there? What yes. does that mean? I can. <laughs> okay. So on your baseball team, you got your pitchers and you got everybody else. Everybody else is called position players. Uh, sometimes it includes catchers. Sometimes it doesn't. But anyway, so. So pitching is not a position. This is what I'm taking. Right. Okay. Right. When you when you hear them say position players, it baseball. means everybody but pitchers. Okay. All right. And so sometimes you're in a game and you either are the Marlins or you're playing against the Marlins. <laughs> and the score is incredibly lopsided. Uh when you're up or down by more than 10 runs, um, there comes a point at which you say, late mm-hmm. late innings in the game, usually eighth or ninth inning, when you say, you know what? We're not going to pull this one out today. We best conserve our resources <laughs> for other days. <laughs> and so instead of sending up yet another okay. relief pitcher, you pick somebody else. Now, how this somebody else is picked, I'm not entirely sure. If you know, some guys go up to the coach uh, and say, you know what? If you need me, I'll pitch. Sure. Why not? <laughs> you lost um, a round of I don't know though. when that happens or how that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if it's they lose a game of rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I don't know. But sometimes they'll just send some guy out to pitch. Okay. Uh, one of the position players. Uh, and... It's it's always interesting to see. Now, funnily enough, the teams that I've uh, followed over the past years, the A's and the Marlins, have not done this, even when they're way ahead or way behind. Um, it's usually something that comes out when you're way ahead, because when you're way behind, it's like you always want to at least pretend like you're trying. <laughs> um, Fair. But uh, so, yeah, the... the you're referring specifically to the Nationals sending out a position player to pitch against the uh, the Marlins when they were up 15-0. to zero. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's always interesting to see. Um, you have some guy who is not by training a pitcher. Maybe he pitched on his high school or college team. Yeah, Nancy. So what happens then to the position which is now not being filled? Um, I'd love to say you get a trained seal in there to play it, because that would be fun. But, uh, no, they just pick another guy to fill that position. The, so they just have a pitcher in second base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they have, every team has, um, some spare players. Just in the uh, It's not all pitchers and your, your first, okay. yeah. I'm not sure I knew yeah, that. Yeah, that's who, um, people like, um, Pinder and, mm-hmm. and Canna on the A's mm-hmm. are often, because they can play multiple positions. Right. Um, and then sometimes you got rookies who are just there to almost be base runners. You know, if you need a base runner toward the mm-hmm. end of the game, you need somebody who's fast. You can sub somebody else in. So you have, you know, your your uh, this year twenty eight people mm-hmm. that you can pick from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could either. So if this were the A's, because I know their names and I don't know any of the Marlins' names. <laughs> Fair. So if this were the A's and they were what 
up by 20. And yes. they decided to rest their pitcher. Um, mm-hmm. And they wanted, you know, uh Olsen to go pitch. Mm-hmm. They could just pull somebody like Mark Canna and put him at first base. Or alternatively, yep. they could have him pitch. Even though mm-hmm. he hadn't been in the game until that point, there's no requirement of, like, he had to have been playing. I don't think so. He just has to be on the, the 28-man roster. Okay. okay. The active roster. Because you can't have yeah. anybody batting who is not play who is not in the outfield except the designated hitter, right? Yeah, unless you substitute them in. Right. Um, and then the other person has to come out. Right. So they can't just hit. But, but like, they can come into the game as a hitter and then go out in the field right. the next half but inning. But you can't just have yes. like all your guys in the outfield and then two guys in the dugout who are also hitting who are not going into the outfield. Uh, Correct. Okay. Okay. Thank yeah. you. I, they, that was that was confusing me. Okay. Yeah. So, question. So Rachel. it's always fun to see a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, is the is the pitcher considered an offensive or defensive player? Because I'm trying to draw parallels with other sports. Um, I would imagine solely defensive because even though he's pitchers, kind of you know in control of the game at the time. Um, you know, can't score runs at that point. So solidly a defensive player. Hmm. Okay. What are you thinking, I'm thinking about like you, you, well, you, you wouldn't do that with a goalie. Like I'm fairly certain. I know you wouldn't do it in hockey, but right. you wouldn't, I don't think you would do it in soccer either. And so I was wondering if, if, if part of it was because the pitcher was considered an offensive player and a goalie is a defensive player. I didn't know if that had anything to do with it, but mm. but I guess, I mean, the mechanism of scoring well, is different enough in those games. Mandy did say that um, they have had position players play goalie before, but I think it was when the goalie was injured. I don't I was going to say it was due to injury. Like, yeah. We're down by five, so yeah. we'll take our goalie out and... Yeah, but, but I because I do remember yeah. her saying. Well, that, also, but... pitching is incredibly physically taxing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in a way that I think goalkeeping is no, not quite it, as much entirely. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's the the point of of doing that is giving the the relief pitchers rest. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's it's always fun to watch because um, the, you know the the pitches will be coming in. At speeds that the batters are not used to hitting. <laughs> so the position player doesn't always get knocked around. You know, you might think, okay, here comes a, a you know, 70 mile an hour fastball. Surely guys who are used to hitting 99 are going to crush that thing. But they swing too soon. Not always the case. Uh-huh. Yeah. They'll yeah. swing too soon or they just won't be able to see it in quite the same way. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, if, um, if you have a, a a player who strikes out, a batter who strikes out against the position player, I can only imagine that that batter's teammates give them absolute hell when they get back to the dugout for that. Meanwhile, the position player gets taken out for drinks or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So does that answer your That's question, fantastic. Rebecca? It does. Thank you. No problem. Okay. Now, Rebecca, I think... I'm going to turn it over to you, and I want you to tell us about the Stanley Cup until it is time for you to go watch a Stanley Cup game, because we are on the clock right now. Uh, we've got to get out in time for Rebecca to watch her game, so I go. Mean, there, there is an hour and 13 minutes before puck drop, so, so maybe... 
don't spend the entire hour and 13 minutes, given that we're already 40 minutes in. I thought it was just half an hour. Isn't it? Yeah, an it hour and 13? No, it sh- well, it, it started, it's slated to start at 8 Eastern, so puck drop will be about uh-huh. 15 after, so oh, 45 okay. minutes. All right. Yeah. I was going to say, I know um, we're all unglued in time in terms of days, but are we also coming unglued in time in terms <laughs> of minutes and hours? Because yes. that might be even worse. We are. <laughs> um, so uh, as we record um, tonight in approximately 45 minutes, the second game of the Stanley Cup final will happen. And that is between the um, Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars, and as we have established, the Dallas Stars are one of my teams. Um, <laughs> are they your favorite team, or is that the Capitals? No, the Capitals are my favorite. They're my number one. Okay. Yeah, but I was right. I was going to ask have Have I talked about the fact that I have a, a hockey tattoo? No, you have I don't not. Know if you so have. <laughs> I have a tattoo that is basically a combination of the Caps and the Stars. So it's nice. part of the. Part of an old Caps logo is a is like a stylized hockey uh, hockey stick with some stars, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. oddly enough, those are all red and white for the for or red and blue for the Capitals. And then mm. that that stick is next to a puck which has the Stars logo on it. Nice, yeah. <laughs> wow. So I mean, you didn't have to show us your butt in order to show it, but. <laughs> <laughs> But if you want to put I'm the so picture on Instagram later, then go for it. <laughs> Mom, I promise it's not on my butt. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so um, yeah, so I, I had high hopes for the the Flyers. So in the third round, it was between the Lightning, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins in the East um, mm. and the, yeah, and the um islanders and the flyers and then in the west it was the golden knights and the canucks and the stars and the avalanche um (laughs) yeah the uh the golden knights and the stars (laughs) went to the next round the stars won that one in beautiful fashion um uh 4-1 what we call a gentleman's sweep um (laughs) And then um, the Lightning beat the Islanders 4-2, which is fine. I I had, I mean, I didn't really want the Islanders to to get any farther because they knocked out both the Caps and the Flyers. Um, But I did want the Islanders to make Tampa Bay work for it so they'd be nice Mm -hmm. and tired Mm -hmm. coming into the Stanley Cup (laughs) Finals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, So, Rebecca... Am yes. I recalling correctly that they actually that that Tampa Bay is having to play um, games back to back? Like they finished the last round and then had to play the first game of the next round, like the next night. Uh, wow. No, there was a day in between. There was okay, oh, okay. All yes, right. there was a day in between. Yeah, um, yeah. So the first two rounds, the East played in Toronto and the West played in Edmonton. After the second round so it was knocked down to what is that uh four teams on on each side everybody flew to edmonton Mm. 
Um, so then the third round took place in Edmonton. So they didn't have to have a, a break between round three and four, but they also didn't do a back-to-back. Um, interestingly, okay. the schedule the schedule right now has the um, Stars and the Lightning play a back-to-back um, between games four and five if it goes to a game five. So um, that will be interesting because that is historically not the case during the Stanley Cup Finals. you Historically, you don't play back-to-backs. Right. Um, but the NHL is really... Between each game? Yeah, yeah. Because normally you're switching cities, too. So you, so you do two in the right, home city. Right. You fly, you do two in the yeah. other city, and then one, one, one. Um, but even when you're playing the two in one city, it's, it's never a back-to-back. Um, but the NHL is really... Um, really pushing to have the um to have the Stanley Cup awarded one whatever um before the end of the month so they want to be able Why? to send everybody mm. off on they yeah they want to send everybody off on vacation training off season um by October they also still have to do then free agency and contract signing and then they have to do um, training for the next mm-hmm. season, which is going to start probably um, after Christmas. So, um, I, honestly, I think right. part That's of it what is the they NBA just is saying too. Yeah, yeah. So I think part of it is they just said they were going to finish by the end of September, and so they're hell bent on finishing by the end of September. Honestly, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, unless it's a fiscal year thing, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't think the NHL follows the federal fiscal year but honestly I'm going to have to look that up now cuz I'm curious. <laughs> um yeah, so um so a couple things I wanted to touch on first is um the reason that the the stars have made it so far I think mm. is in large part to uh goaltending. So mm-hmm. they their star goaltender Ben Bishop is unfit to play, which mm-hmm. is the this year's designation for injured because they didn't want to uh, have to admit if somebody got COVID. Um, right now, we do believe he's legitimately just injured because the NHL has said that there have been no positive tests since mm-hmm. they got into the bubble. So Ben Bishop is injured, which means Anton Hudobin um, has been the star goalie and he has been incredible. He has a a 923 save percentage for the playoffs, which means he's saved 92.3% of shots he's faced. Um and in the last 4 games, he's above 94.5%. Wow, um, that's really high. Yeah. What's the, the average? Do you know? The average is like around nine, isn't it, Rebecca? Like if if you're over nine, you're considered like to be doing okay. If you're under nine, it's a question. Yes. Yeah. That's that's basically and and in the playoffs, <coughs> you really need to be like nine three or better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is one of the inter- eternal issues with uh, Martin Jones on the Sharks is that he's always like. Eight seven eight eight during the regular season, but then when he gets to the playoffs, he's like suddenly nine he's three lights nine, out. Four. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you can't you can't count on that, and he doesn't demonstrate it 
you know, until like the last possible moment. So, yeah. Yeah. And you can't always get to the playoffs with an 8 8 well, 8 right. 9 goalie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's that problem. Yes. Um, but game one of the series against Tampa Bay, his save percentage was 972. He That's saved oh, dang. 35 of 36 shots. It was wow. impressive, impressive. And like the stars are doing well, of course, like you have to score goals in order to win. You can't just stop them. Wait, um, wait, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> as a Dallas Stars fan, they they sometimes go real stingy on scoring goals. So we do frequently have to remind them by shouting at the television <laughs> that they need to score goals in order to win. Um, and some of their, some of their, um, their top line highest paid guys aren't the ones who are scoring all the goals. Like, um, Dennis Gurionov has nine goals in the playoffs. Have you ever heard me say the name Dennis Gurionov before? Nope. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's basically come out of no, I mean, not out of nowhere, but, um, he's off the bench. Yeah, he scored some really big points in the playoffs, whereas Tyler Sagan doesn't have a goal yet. Right. right. So Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn are like the big names that I know yes. on the Stars, other than Pavs, who I know because he was on the Sharks. But like, right. uh, am I understanding correctly that there's been a lot of talk about how like they're kind of sucking lately? Is that true? Um. Well, I mean, it... We, Yes and no. It kind of depends on who you talk to. I mean, Jamie Benn has eight <laughs> okay, goals in the playoffs, fair. and Joe Pavelski has nine. So Jamie is Jamie's second oh, on the team. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, Sagan. Oh, I'm sorry. He scored. Has he really? He scored two goals in the postseason. Um, so if you count a forwards um, play and um, um, I don't know the right word. If you count a forward's play or contribution to the game by goals, you would mm. think that Tyler sucks right now. Um, mm. But you can still watch him and see the, the plays that he's making. He's playing mm-hmm. incredibly well defensively, which mm-hmm. means that he's stopping the other team from making goals. Sure. Um, so, mm-hmm. You know, it, it kind of depends on who you ask, but um, we've had some some great, great um, contributions by defensemen, by baby players who you've never heard before, like Yoel Kiviranta. He played his, I want to say it was his first playoff game and got the game winning goal. And like, it's just been incredible for some of these younger guys um, and some of these newer guys. Um Actually, you mentioned Pavelski. Mm-hmm. One of the things that has, um, one of the pieces of news that has come out during this postseason is that during free agency last summer, when he decided to leave the Sharks, he was deciding um, whether to play on one of two teams. And the two teams were the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning. because the whole reason he wanted to start with a new team was because he wanted to win a cup. Mm -hmm. So, you know, clearly he knew where things were going this year better than any of us did. (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, I guess so. And let's just so, hope he picked the winning team. So I have a question for you, Rebecca, about yeah. that, because it was my understanding that he didn't necessarily leave by choice, but that they basically told him, we can't afford to keep you and also Eric Carlson and also uh, Evander Kane and also Brent Burns. That, um, yeah, that may very well be true. I, I trust okay. you to know, to know more about the Sharks than I do. I just okay. know. It was, I was just curious because of yeah. how you phrased that. Like, I, my impression was not that he yeah. was shopping around, but maybe it was that, like, you know, they went and told him and were like, go find yourself a new home. And so the, then he went and started looking or something. Yeah, I, I, so I'd have to look, I'd have to look again. I can't remember if he was a free agent after last season or if they, I think he was a free agent. So they just said they weren't going to renew his contract, yeah. in which yeah, case he so. could go shop around. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you're right. I, I shouldn't have phrased it that way. I should have just said that. Well, it's okay. I just wanted to make sure I, yeah. I understood correctly. Yeah. Um, and he's been he's been great as well. He is. Yeah, I mean, he he's has. a fantastic I, I saw player. Him in a couple of those games. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah, especially right in front of the net. He's just incredible at getting some of those like last second shots right yes. into like behind the goalie. Well, it's phenomenal. And, and actually, it's been interesting to watch him change a little bit of how he plays this year because oh, in yeah? the in the start of the season he would have a lot of that net front presence. And mm-hmm. that was not really how Dallas played at the time, right? That was something he had set up with Burnsy to be mm-hmm. like, you know, anytime Burnsy gets the puck, toss yep. it to the net and Joe's going to get the rebound or the tip in or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely. And so it, I think it took him um, a while to get in his stride with this team because he didn't have that same dynamic. Now, he's still, he's still in an amazing net front presence, Um, But it's taken both him and the rest of the team to kind of figure out how to make that work. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So the only other thing that I really wanted to talk about in terms of playoffs isn't super about the playoffs, but it's about the bubble. Um, Because Mm -hmm. one of the things that we have learned over the last couple of weeks um, is that the NHL um, didn't really have a plan for welcoming families into the bubble. <laughs> like they color s- me shocked. I know, right? They said they told the players they were going to welcome, you know, a spouse, partner, and child, mm-hmm. um, and that they had Wait, everything only figured. One out. Child? A child? Yes, a child. <laughs> you got to pick your favorite. Yes, a child. Wow. Um, that's rough. Heartless. Yeah. Well, you know what? In the end, it mostly doesn't matter because the Alberta government never uh, agreed to let the American or European uh, families in. Uh, 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 so, um, great. so there are, of course, a number of Canadian families. So there were, there were, I want to say three or four, a, a small handful of, um, uh, Golden Knights players, um, had started the process for entry when the, when the third round started, but they Mm -hmm. were quarantining when Vegas got eliminated. Mm. Um, so that sucks. The only spouse who's in the bubble is one of the star's wives, 
Um, the he's his name is Justin Dowling. He is um, he's a he's a like third fourth line forward. He's been he's been contributing, but he doesn't play every game. Mm-hmm. Um, he and his wife Meg had their first daughter on March twenty first, which was a week after the season postponed. So then they right. they got three months of newborn bliss. And mm-hmm. then he left for um, training camp and then he went to Edmonton. He was there for a while. And um, it was only once they made it to the third round that she lives that um, their home is about three hours away from the from Edmonton. So she oh. she got to do it sounds like she got to do some of her quarantine at home. And then she mm. drove to the bubble, stayed in the bubble it for four days with a what five month old child in a single hotel room. Um, but then they were able to get in and um, be with Justin. And what's really cute is how basically that baby has become the team's baby. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. It's really cute. It's really cute. See, that's what I was going to say though, is if you can't bring in the Americans and the Europeans and all the families are restricted to one child, the Canadian players who have spare children should be like loaning them to their teammates. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you it know? so it sounds like they've changed it a little bit because I think um uh some families are going to be coming in. Like Tyler Sagan, his parents and his sisters are going to be coming in. Um mm-hmm. and we know a couple other of um families whose whose parents or siblings are coming. So they've, mm-hmm. they've clearly figured something out, but still only with the Canadian families. Right. And so right. the players are like, well, just, this kind of sucks. <laughs> see, I, I still think though, I think like share and share alike is the answer here. So like you get all your Canadian players on your team and you pool all of the parents, siblings, spouses, and children. And then right. you just like, assign the extra out <laughs> right yeah, exactly right well, so like somebody has a mom a dad and a step parent right like one of those goes to one of your teammates yeah so they can also have a parental present right? yeah like this seems i mean who really needs yeah. more than one sibling anyway right it's like, true i just <laughs> want to know what that meeting was like where they decided only one kid i know in practice yeah, it didn't that's... happen but like how does that come about Who's on either side of this argument? So, like, I don't know. I just my, fascinate. Yeah, such a my, bad decision that it fascinates me. Well, so my imagination is they wanted to say no kids, right? Because uh-huh. it's hard to have kids in the bubble because kids don't understand yeah, yeah. distancing and whatever. Yeah. But because of the way the schedules are and the way hockey weddings go, there are so many newborns mm-hmm. and very, very fresh babies that if mm-hmm. you say no kids... <laughs> then people aren't going to come because they can't leave. They're not going to leave right. their newborn at home. So right, yeah. that's, that's where I'm guessing that that came from. I mean, it's still that silly. Actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that seems like a very logical. But why not just say no kids over the age of two or right. whatever? Yeah. Because it's the NHL and it's run by men. <laughs> okay. Fair. <laughs> Well, I mean, Rachel, I think you and I, as oldest children, can agree that you really only need the first one anyway. So. I think so. Yeah. I mean, Come I'm an only child, time. so I agree. Well, <laughs> here we go, then. That's, uh, yeah. that's fine. 
You got yeah. the air and the spares. And, and... <laughs> yeah, and I have nothing to inherit. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. I don't either. It's fine. <laughs> but you'll get all of that nothing. I'll get all of that nothing. No, probably not. <laughs> no, I should get all of the nothing. It's true. Uh, you know, it just might take a while. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so so that was, I, I think that's, I think that's it for my, for my Stanley Cup news. So what's the game tonight? What, what game are they on? Game two. Game two. Yes. Who won the first one? Dallas. Okay. <laughs> so what's your, what are you calling it? How, yeah, how your... was the first game and what are you predicting for tonight? Um, so the first game, the Stars won four to one. Um, nice. Yes. They, uh, so the stars came out like gangbusters in the first and second period. I mean, it was, Mm. yeah, it was amazing. They scored, they scored first, um, and then they scored twice more in the second period. And then they kind of let Tampa Bay just take over in the third, Mm. um, Mm. Tampa Bay had, well, let's see. So in the first period, they were roughly even in shots on goal. Same for the second period. In the third period, Tampa Bay had 22 shots on goal and the Stars had two. Wow. And (laughs) the second of those shots went into the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a pretty good ratio. Yeah, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, that's that's when you talk about how um, crucial Anton Hudobin has been for the team, mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. faced 22 shots in the third period and was just a flailing brick wall. It was it was amazing. <laughs> it's quite so, the mental image. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good episode title. And the oh, it's wall. true. Somebody write that down <laughs> since I'm talking. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm on it. <laughs> So I would love it if the stars swept the series. Mm, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay is real good though. So I mm-hmm. don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Um, I think it'll go to six games. Uh, okay. And I have to believe the stars are going to win. I just, I That's just fair. have to, I can't, can't <laughs> go any other way. Um, there's a, there's a guy, um, who does uh, hockey stats and visualizations who um, I follow his Twitter handle is ineffective math. He's very entertaining. Um, Oh yeah. You've definitely retweeted some of his stuff. Yeah. So his, his models are based on um, many years of, of statistics and playing at the team level and the individual level. Um, mm. where many other models are based on the current season only. And, oh, and okay. Micah, who runs Ineffective Math, he did a whole breakdown on, um, excuse me, on what he thinks is going to happen. Um, and it was, he had like um, Tampa's five on five offense versus stars five on five defense and like broke it down in each, uh, um, each little um, parcel of, of the game. And his prediction is Dallas in seven. Hmm. Okay. Um, Interesting. So I like the Dallas part. 
Um, and moneypuck.com, which is one of the ones that looks at sports betting, has uh, Dallas winning as well, like 66% uh, favored to win right hmm. now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's decent. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, not huge, but not real close either. Yeah. No, nothing to uh, scoff at. So we are we are hoping and wishing and crossing all of the things and <laughs> not getting much sleep this week because no. games start at eight means they don't end till 1030 if they end in regulation. And that's Aww. past my bedtime already. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Well, should we should we pick a game to all watch together and talk about? Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. So this is game two. There's going to have to be a game four. Yeah, that's correct. What's the date of game four, Rebecca? Game four is Friday. Uh, my calendar's wide open. I don't know about you. <laughs> Let me check. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to shuffle a few things around, but uh, I think I can, can uh, spare some time. Well, let's do it. Let's watch game five. I'll put it on my calendar right now. So four? That, that spot will, sorry, game four. Well, game on Friday. Okay. Yeah. That's where I got the, the, the. Game gotcha. four is Friday. Game five is Saturday. So. Oh, nice. Okay. If well, we have a game five. Then. Which hopefully we will not. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> Finish it in four. Yeah. I don't need to write that one on my calendar. It's already there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh. Fair for you, but I got to put it on my. I understand. Between now and like a half hour from now. Between now and when we hang up. Yes. (laughs) When we hang up this podcast. Yes. Correct. Okay. Okay. Well, now that we've put that on our calendars, uh, (laughs) well, we're we're getting close to time, and I know Rebecca's got to go. Probably wants to get some snacks together before (laughs) the uh, the puck drops. Uh, And drinks. Uh, Anybody? Uh, Yes, drinks. Uh, anybody else have anything they want to add before we close up? I don't think so. I think I'm good. All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week for another episode of Fell Puck. Uh, Rebecca, can you remind the listeners where they can find us? Yes, we are on Twitter at Fell Puck Podcast. Shoot. I was not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I only ask you to do it every episode, so you know, I know, there's no way you which is why you think I would be prepared. Well, while you're looking this up, I'm going to just revisit our "we are all unstuck in time" moment and say that I am actually unstuck in time because I just looked down and my iPad still thinks it's three forty-seven p.m. And so I was very confused when you said we're almost at time. I was like, oh, no, no, we oh. still got an hour. Oh, oh, that's so. why you thought it was an hour and a half. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, weird. Uh, yeah. So we are on Twitter at FoulPuckPod, Instagram at FoulPuckPodcast. Uh, our website is FoulPuckPodcast.net. And you can hit us up uh, uh, via email at FoulPuckPodcast at gmail.com. Any of those, um, we love listener questions. That uh, a listener question prompted the whole mascot shakedown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. One Yeah, so it was. Yeah, so keep those coming in. All right. And I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing and uh, Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. And And I would like to say if you enjoy the show at all, please, first of all, tell your friends. 
And second of all, go ahead and go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Oh, if yes. If you don't mind, and, and maybe a review, uh, because the more of those we get, then uh, the higher we get bumped in the results and the more people will hear us and get to uh, laugh themselves silly listening to us be inept and opinionated, which honestly, <laughs> it's the little things in life. Uh-huh. What else could you want? Not much. Uh-huh. All right. For Foul Puck, I have been Rachel. I continue to be Nancy. And I'm Rebecca. And we'll see you next time.